You are now listening to the Friends of Rugby podcast. Relax your anus. Balls. Thick thighs. Camille Shat. Where's his neck? Eddie Jones. Your fuck mate. We're nice now. Hello, friends. Hello. Welcome to the Friends of Rugby. Hello. I always think you're talking to me, so I interrupt your intro. Well, you are the only person in front of me. I know. It's weird. I forget we're talking to other people. Do you want to do your uh, beloved intro? <laughs> it is Sunday, February 4, 2024. Who says four like that? David Lynch. Uh, the famous film director, and ever since I saw him do it, I, was, I copy him. He's February four. It sounds awkward. No, it sounds. Yeah, I thought that at first, but then I started doing it. I thought I'm as cool as David Lynch like now. February fourth. That sounds way better. No, February four. I know. No, that's my way. How's your weekend been? It's Christmas. It is rugby Christmas. Yes. Oh, what a great weekend we had. I was saying to you earlier, it's, it's almost too much rugby. Oh, there's no such thing. I There's no know. such thing. I don't, I've got chores to do. <laughs> chores can take a break. Maybe. Everything takes a break. Yeah. Funerals, weddings, babies, births. Yeah. Everything. I've been mildly hungover for like three days because <laughs> of rugby. Well, because it's, it's, it, I, I don't know. Not enough for rugby. Fair enough. I can have more. Yeah. I wonder, be too, I wonder where we get to the point where it'd be too much rugby. Mm. I don't think that's a thing for me. I think that's a thing for me. You can get rugbyed out. I think the the Munster Crusaders game was a rugby too far for me because I didn't watch it. It was, it was too much rugby. I don't. I couldn't find it anywhere. I did, couldn't watch it anywhere. Did they televise it? I they, they must have, but mm. I couldn't find it anywhere. I would have loved to have seen Lee Halfpenny play for the Crusaders in Ireland. That would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. Eh? Yeah, because he, he started. He did. Yeah, yeah. But I think also you emotionally went through a lot this week and this weekend. Oh. To the build yeah, up to your to the Wales game, that was the thing. I think I'm very emotionally invested. Like you were going, you were in some dark places this in the last few days because you're just like building up for a yeah. doomsday. Yeah, yeah. I'm a sensitive guy as well. That was this was a weekend for not for my nerves. Yeah. Ah, oh, what an exciting weekend! It was a good weekend of rugby. It was though. a great weekend of rugby. Yeah. Should we start at the start? I think we should start at the start. Chronological order. Yeah. Yeah. We went to the pub, didn't we? We watched Ireland France with a few chums. Yeah, we did. What do yeah. you think? I think this is a game that Andy Farrell will be really happy with. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of things. I think. Um, how can I put this into words? Just how the game flowed. Mm. Like they were messy. Ireland were really messy at times, and then they, uh, they fixed it. They yeah. Corrected their. What they did was like they corrected their mistakes. Yeah. They built off of what was going wrong. Yeah. And kept moving forward mm. and i think that's what andy farrell wants to see because there was a lot of uh you know there was different combinations and stuff like that so there were some yeah. cobwebs to work out and they yeah. worked out that stuff yeah i'm really jealous of ireland like they're the complete package and they are able to adapt on the fly consistently and i think this is a big learning from the joe schmidt era where where they seem to fail was a lack of a plan b a lack of maneuverability when the pressure was put on them they don't seem to have that anymore. They've got really good on-field leaders as well who are able to go, no, that's not working, change it, and they did that. Um, I personally don't think Jack Crowley had the best game ever. I don't think he was bad, 
Um, but he had such quality around him that a few of the mistakes he made, like he missed a pretty easy kick. Um, mm-hmm. There was a few other things. I think it was a knock-on, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, but it didn't matter because the guys around him knew what they were doing. They knew how to take charge at the right times. And like I said, he didn't have a bad game, but that was the, as far as I could see in the first half, he might've been the weak link, but he, by the second half, he looked like composed, calm, knew what he was doing. A little bit of the nerves had gone. And then the, you know, they're the complete package right now. I'm I'm jealous. It's really exciting time to be an Irish fan, you know? I thought this, this was the perfect game Mm. for Jack Crowley. Yeah. I think if, if I was Andy Farrell, yeah, I would be very happy with Jack. Yeah. Because he did make some mistakes at yeah. the beginning of the game. He looked a little frantic. Yeah. And then uh, that could destroy a new guy. Yeah. Because he's had a lot on his shoulders, the yeah. media on his on his back. And there's a the lot of other Sexton, times, right? The new Sexton taking over Sexton. So there's yeah. a lot of pressure on him. There is. And the mistakes that he made early on, that could have destroyed a, uh, a regular player. Yeah. And the fact that he uh, kept his head on his shoulders. Yeah. And kept correcting his game and yep. growing into the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you couldn't be more happy about that. No, and I think the second half he looked great. That was a, I think he he really made a statement. He did. That game really solidified his position at ten. It's gonna be hard to take that away from him now. Yeah, short of an injury, why would you have anyone else, right? Yeah, I would still like to see Andy Farrell. I know he won't because it's not really a style. I'd like to see him take on like tryouts, like like um, mm. Frawley. Yeah. Or um, Burn Harry yeah. Burn, but yeah. I don't think he will. He's a he's a, he likes consistency in his teams. This is the problem with Ireland, though, is you've got to give these other. You've got to like he could get an injury, and you've got to have someone who's capable of stepping in. It's the perfect environment to bring someone in as well. I don't know. Uh, from what I'm seeing, I think he's just really good at introducing players. Yeah, he he molds them into the team. He instead does instead of like. Uh, emergency dropping guys in yeah he he yeah, he like soothes them in mm. he just massages another player into the position yeah here you go and then okay now you're part of the team it's a great like, environment though isn't it they it's love a great it i know they too, love then. they love andy farrell they've got yeah they do he's a nice guy yeah he's a great guy isn't he and it's, a, it's such a good environment because there are so many senior leaders on that field that regardless of how you're playing your team isn't going to do terribly mm-hmm. you know i remember games where if you rattled sexton enough Ireland could lose. I don't see that happening these days. You could have a child at 10 and be playing badly and the rest of the team would support them enough so that it's not going to make a huge difference. Another thing that I noticed about Ireland compared to the other teams this weekend is that they have kept their momentum from the World Cup. Well, they're the only they team. Haven't, it's almost like they haven't skipped a beat. They're just right back to yeah. uh, where they were and they're just building on that. Yeah. So that was uh, a really positive note to take because yeah, a lot of the other teams this weekend they looked uh, messy. There was a lot of messy play. Like yeah. Ireland were messy too. They took a lot of penalties. They did. Uh, every, every team's going to have a purple patch and a rough patch in a game. It's hard mm-hmm. to have a perfect game. But they grew. The growing that they did in that game yeah. was impressive. It was. It's really, you're right, it's really hard to see anyone winning the Six Nations this year other than Ireland. I, They're I, just so uh, structured. Yeah, they're they're just the the foundation that they're they're going off of is just incredible. Yeah, they're 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 light years ahead of everyone else. This is going to be I hate to say it an an easy win for them. This is I think they've already won the Grand Slam. I don't think it's going to be an easy win because even though some of the teams looked a bit messy, I think I think a lot of other teams are trying new things. Like Farrell's building off of what he's been building for the last few years. 
Yeah. And he's continuing with that. So that continuation is what was working for them. Mm. And a lot of new teams are trying new things out, a lot of new players and stuff like that. So they're, they're, they're having to grow. It's going to take a little longer to grow into their, uh, into their game. Yeah. So, but yeah, Jack Crowley, like he, he was, he, I thought he had a great game. I thought, Besides his, uh, yeah, I'm not saying his mishaps. Yeah, like he's even physical. He's getting in on the tackling too. Yeah, like he, he's super impressive. And uh, sorry about that. We just had a dog incident. Yeah, dog <laughs> and a bone. Uh, yeah. So I didn't. Yeah, I didn't have a bad game. I don't think. I'm no. just saying that if there was a weak link, he was it for about 30 minutes, and even then, it wasn't that noticeable. Um, I think you know the the other teams. I think all of the other teams are in a genuine rebuild particularly Wales, maybe England as well. Scotland are pretty established, but Scotland they just have Scotland are kind of like Ireland. They're kind of moving with the, what, what they've been building off the last couple of years. They're pretty similar too. They are. They're, they, they've got the most stable squad, but they don't have the depth Ireland do in case of injury. But that's always the case, isn't it? So Also, what was really impressive was uh, uh, Ireland's lock situation is, is good. Yeah. To have like Joe McCarthy, who had a game, they're coming for South Africa with yeah. their line of locks, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Joe McCarthy had a good game. Tyburn had a good game, and then you could bring on Ryan Baird and James Ryan if you wanted to. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, that was like you're just like you felt safe. Yeah, like that's who you're bringing on. Mm. James Lowe, mm. man, he's really like his oh. defensive work. Like he had some really good. He played like a flanker, didn't like he? Like really smart, intelligent plays. He was like yeah. reading the yeah. the offense really well. There's like one where he like ran out of a. There was like a line out, and he ran out from the line out, and uh, like he read that pass, made the tackle, and then had a turnover, and stuff. Like, sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dog incident number two. Yeah, James Lowe, very good. James, Lowe, yeah, but. <laughs> He didn't play like a winger. He played like a flanker. Like he was winning turnovers, shooting out the line, like holding guys up in the tackle. He's so strong. Um, yeah, he had a good game. And I think he didn't need a good game, but there are a couple other wingers in the in the mix who are kind of, you know, pure wingers, fast, evasive. That's not what you think of when you think of James Lowe. But he had such a good game doing other stuff that you think he's got his spot nailed down now. Well, I remember like when he first started showing up uh, for Ireland, Mm. the biggest criticism of his was his defensive work. Yeah. And he's really, you can see that he's worked on it over the years. And that's the criticism of basically any new winger ever, but he's strong and big enough that once he's figured it out, you've got yourself a, a tidy defensive winger as well, right? Yeah. He's going to be, he'll definitely be missed Yeah, when he's gone. Yeah. Because he's, he puts in a shift like every game now. He loves playing for Ireland, doesn't he? Yeah. And yeah Calvin he Nash, what an, what an intro. Yeah, he had a good game. Yeah, yeah, I think this was his second... This wasn't his first uh, appearance for Ireland. Right. I think it's his second one. I could be wrong. Okay. But yeah, but he scored his first try. I know first that. First international try. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so, pretty cool. Yeah, and he just filled in... Like, he didn't even miss Hansen. No. So... Oh, and Hansen, Hansen hasn't been in the Ireland Hansen squad who? for all that long, you know? Hansen who? It's been, it's been uh, Andrew Wills and Keith Conway for yes, years. Yes, it is. Yeah, Calvin Nash fits that role... Uh, yeah, like really well. He even kind of runs like them, you know, the head down, shoulders up. Run. Yeah, I thought uh, uh, Furlong. Mm. He had a better game. He looked a little more spiced up, a little more energetic. He doesn't look like the tired old sack of potatoes that he like usually. I, I saw him. I saw him getting stuck in at some breakdowns. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. maybe they've had a little rest. The scrum is uh, uh, still a bit of a shaky thing. I think the scrum can do, do uh, 
We could do some more work on the scrum there. France have some monster props. Yeah. So uh, that's always going to be... It's never going to be perfect, is it, when you're playing France? Uh, let's talk about France. I, yeah, yeah. That was messy. It's easy to be really complimentary about Ireland, but I think maybe something surprises me. I haven't seen a lot of it, but France basically played the whole game with, with 14 men, didn't they? You know? Yeah, Paul fucked them. Willemse. Willemse. Yeah. yeah, he fucked them. I feel really bad for him. It's like I was saying to you earlier, there's nothing malicious. I, mean, re- I never think a person wants to decapitate someone else with their shoulder. It just didn't look sharp enough to get low quickly in that first one. Mm-hmm. And it cost him, right? And then, of course, if you get another yellow, that's a straight red. So it felt like a bit of bad luck. I do feel bad for the guy, you know? It was lazy play. It was lazy. It, it was him no, being lazy. It wasn't sharp. Yeah. Um, I doubt he'll play for France again. Oh, no. 100% he's never going to play again. And he wasn't supposed to play this game, was he? No, because he wasn't in the original squad. They no. took so many injuries. They've got a lot of injuries, France. So I think that's worth pointing out. So I think that is probably... They have a lot of injuries. Missed DuPont badly. Missed, yeah. You know? what? They didn't look... The, um, there was just like a lack of connection yeah. in the in the offense. Yeah, tell me about what Dan Bigger was, was saying. The wise Mr. Bigger. Oh, Dan Bigger was saying that... Uh, uh, the reason why they look so tired is because how many minutes these guys play in the top 14. Yeah. So that that's hurting uh, France too. Because these guys work. The top 14, <laughs> you're working. It's like yeah. working in a factory. It is. You know, nine to five, you're clocking yeah. in, you're clocking out. Like they play so much. The Indonesian sweatshop of rugby. It is. <laughs> it is. Like this yeah. is like fucking making pants. Jesus, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's a problem. It is, and contrast that to Ireland, who have this perfect alignment, right? If you yeah. need a break to play for the international team, you're getting it. Everything's perfectly aligned. They do. I, I know the, the uh, Welsh teams do that too. Scotland teams do that too. Like the the URC really takes care of their international players a lot more. They do. Yeah, the Gallagher yeah. and the and the French league definitely are notorious for just you know tanning the players regardless like of what's time, going on. Because I remember time back in the day, like um, oh my god, I forgot his name, rugby Jesus for Wales. Shane Williams? No. Alan Wynn Jones? Alan Wynn Jones. That would be like times like before the Six Nations, he just disappeared for the like uh, like um, oh, yeah. the previous two months. Yeah. Right? Because they're saving him. They're putting him in his like chamber. That, <laughs> that was the same for Sam Warburton. He barely played for Cardiff, right? He was just a Wales player for most yeah. of his career, you know? And that, yeah, that's the difference. Like the, the URC players, like that's where they come in with an advantage mm. too because of how well they're taken care of in the league. Yeah. Uh, when it, when it's going up into the Six Nations. Do you think that was a factor? Do you think France were tired? Do you think the players have just been working too hard post-World Cup? Maybe, because yeah, they haven't stopped. They've gone straight from a World Cup, Yeah. straight into the top 14. Like, yeah. some of them played, like, the next week. Yeah. And didn't stop. Yeah. Right? And I know a lot of these players want to play. Mm. Uh, I just think that, yeah, I think a lot, with the players missing and the players introduced, yeah, that, that cohesion was missing with them. Do you know what France looked like? A team of training panelists. <laughs> no, I'm joking, but like I felt like Olivon had a good game, Aldrit had a good game. Yeah, uh, but they just didn't give. They didn't have a chance to show what they can do. There really. was a real discrepancy. There was a real contrast between the players, like in that team. There was the players that really wanted it. Yeah, and then there was the players that they were, were just there, fucking knackered. Yeah, mm. that you could see there was like yeah, the half the team wanted to to win mm. this game and the other team just wanted to make it through the game that's what it felt like yeah right there was like yeah so like aldrich is playing his heart out yeah he yeah. was as well i, th- I felt the same with olive like carrying hard just carrying the team a little bit it's sad because for me this was the decider of the tournament and had we had a really close game um 
I would have thought one of those teams, the winner of one of those teams is probably going to win the Six Nations. Ireland won it convincingly and I think they've won they've won the Grand Slam now. The, the gap between them and everyone else is so big. You know, England are in this weird spot. Wales are a bunch of children. Scotland just don't seem to have the consistency over an 80 minutes. Italy have got no hope of beating Ireland, let's be real. What I see for Ireland is this competition is actually just going to get harder. You think so? Because everyone's targeting them, you think? Because everyone's, they're, get, they're getting their new systems and their new combinations put together. <sighs> and so as this com, as this uh, tournament goes on, yeah, I think it's going to get harder and harder and harder. But you've got to contrast that with the teams that are playing them who are already in kind of shambles comparatively. Like if they're figuring out their shit, Ireland have already light years ahead in terms of figuring it out. But these know? are professional players. They are. and on, They're and- used to like adapting quick like that's their job and and you know what the wales scotland game which we'll talk about in a bit showed me that you know this is still a game of sport people can still be anyone on the day mm-hmm. you know it, the odds are stacked against you in certain cases but at the end of the day is a game of rugby you know it's never a done deal so i think there's an element of truth to that but it's hard for me to see anyone beating ireland right now is what i'm saying don't get me wrong i'm, I'm with you there i agree with you mm. that ireland have this tournament yeah but I don't think it's going to be as easy. They're not going to walk through it. They're uh, not going to walk through it. Some, I think there'll be two two more teams mm. that are really going to give them uh, a go. Right. And so, that's England and Scotland, presumably. England and Scotland, maybe Wales? I can't see it. I can't see so it. I, don't th- I don't think Italy is going to do anything, but... No. Yeah. Um, but let me just my, check my notes. That's, I think I'm good. Yeah, that's my feelings for the game. Yeah. Um, I think as well... You know, I was I wanted this to be a Titanic clash, and I'm I feel a bit like I feel like I've Rob. had. You know, when you go to one of those fancy restaurants and you get like a single scallop with a bit of vinaigrette on it and a leaf, and you're still hungry after. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that was you know classy world quality rugby, but I'm still hungry. I wanted like electricity, you know. Yeah, it was really a game for an, only an Irish fan to really love. Yeah, I mean, if you're French, you'd be miserable after that, oh, wouldn't yeah. you? Because that was. Yeah, that's your time to like put your stamp on it. We're still here. We're still competing after the World Cup, despite an early exit. We've still got that passion. And I would hate for us to go back to that old cliche of which French team's going to turn up. They've still got an amazing quality. Uh, let's be real, that, that red card screwed them, right? You know, it can't be overstated. That ruins games. Yeah. And it was a fair red. Yeah. You know, it was 100. Both of those were yellow card incidents. You give them the red card, not disputing it, but it does, it did kind of kill the contest a bit. It was just, I was, it was kind of surprising how like not prepared they looked they looked undercooked didn't they yeah you know and a lot of teams start six nations slow mm-hmm. um and france are have historically been guilty of being real hot and cold the thing is the island team are mostly leinster players who play high level rugby week in week out with huge squad depth and you can replace quality for quality so you better be playing 80 minutes against them otherwise you know you haven't got much hope they're so well aligned right You've got to be on your A game. What did you think about Tuolagi making his uh, debut? He looked good. You know, one of my criticisms criticisms of him in the under-26 nations was like, they've just got him on the field because he's fucking massive. But uh, he actually had a bit more rugby nuance in this game. Um, he did his job well, you know, he was, he, was, he was scrumming well. But then in the loose, he was carrying well. Uh, he wasn't throwing blind passes. He looked smart, which he needed to be to make that step up. So I hope they give him a French passport. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I, I agree with you. He, he had a decent game. Yeah, he did a shift. Yeah, he did. It wasn't anything too exciting. I think his athleticism mm. needs to really be discovered. Yeah, 
Yeah, because he looks a little sluggish, I think. He reminds me of Will Skelton. Like, he's just so big that you can't coach speed in that sense, right? Like, Yeah, he's got to come into that part of his game. It's got to be, like, unleashed. Yeah. That's like, the there's, like, of- a level missing. I thought there was, like, a, yeah, there's, like, this next aggressive monster level that he hasn't got up to yet. Yeah. That's right, and you—that's you, a coaching responsibility. Also, how conf- to use confidence, him. confidence as well. Yeah, but you've got to have him in the right place, at the right time to make those big carries. I remember Billy Vunipola for England when he was young and he was big, like he was a wrecking ball. And Saracens used him really effectively. England used him effectively. Eddie Jones came in and and he he must have lost like ten kilograms or something, and he looked lean and powerful. So guys of that size, the coaches have a big responsibility to use them correctly. If they don't use them correctly, they're just a big lump sometimes, right? Because they're not going to be sprinters, are they? So you've no, got to I mean, have them in the right place at the right time. Yeah, because I think that's what... Because, uh, like, France really excelled at was taking some huge guys that don't look like they'd be able to be that athletic. Yeah. Like uh, Uini Antonio. Yeah. Right? He doesn't look like a very, like, athletic player, but he's a monster on the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did look a little tired on Friday, though. That was what was missing from France. France were going to beat Ireland with passion. Mm-hmm. Because as much as Ireland are a quality team and they are passionate, what you see when France are playing well is just like they're dying for that jersey, right? And they just that was missing. Also, the Dupont and that DuPont. was actually a thing. I didn't think it was going to be a thing. I thought they would be able to uh, um, mm. work around that. Well, they didn't miss him, but having him not controlling the offense, yeah, and like being he's it's almost like a Sexton thing with Dupont. They missed tempo, didn't they? Yeah, they missed purpose and tempo without him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's I. Uh, I don't think the nine who was playing, it's harsh to say, but he did, just didn't inject enough pace, you know? Like Oh, he had, he had a shocker. A little bit, eh? Yeah, he yeah. had a bad game. I think they pulled him at halftime. Feels, I feel bad saying it, but yeah. I can't even remember the guy's name, but yeah, it was just like he's not playing well. So, yeah. But I don't know. I don't think this is going to be the end of the road for France. No, not at all. No, they've got an amazing squad. a good coach. No, they're just not going to win the Grand Slam now, obviously. And I don't think they'll win the Six Nations now, which is kind of sad because if anyone else was going to do it, it was going to be them as far as I was concerned. You well, know? if they don't take a red card right at the beginning of the game. Well, that's it, isn't it? You know? Yeah. They still put uh, they still put a lot of pressure on Ireland, too. Yeah, when Ireland were giving away a lot of penalties and uh, France got their first try, I thought, okay, mm-hmm. they could come back. But uh, now they faded after that. But, you know, they've got 14 men, right? There was a period where Ma, uh, Peter Romani went off for a for a yellow, and I thought, okay, this is your chance now. You got to put you got to put at least fourteen points on him, and France are capable of doing it, but they just, uh, you know, not enough in the tank, which is fair. Not enough guys on the field. Not enough cigarettes. That's right. Not enough wine. If you guys if you guys aren't smoking cigarettes on the side, how are you gonna win games? <laughs> this is a new France now. Yeah, they don't smoke cigarettes they don't now. Smoke. They vape. They- <laughs> they're all vapers. <laughs> they're all professionals. They vape. Yeah. Yeah, they're vaping, chewing yeah. their nicorettes. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh no. They've got protein liquids in their vapes. Gluten free baguettes yeah. <laughs> in the morning. I regret saying protein liquids. I apologize. That made me feel protein weird. <laughs> so yeah, that's the game. Yeah, that's a game. Another game that was surprising, which I wanted. Yeah. Uh. Italy, England. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't want England to show up and just destroy them. You had a friend over, right, who was watching this game with us, and he's yeah. not watched a lot of rugby. No. And he was like, who's going to win? And I was like, I'll bet my house England would win every single time. Yeah. And uh, of course that was true, but they made it close. And fair play to them. The For me, the story here is, I don't know if England are undercooked, and I, or I, and I, versus I don't know if Italy have genuinely improved. It was hard to tell. Italy's last try, that Ioani try, felt like a bit out of nowhere, but it also felt like England were knackered and couldn't be bothered to defend it properly. So hard to say who's on what trajectory in terms of that, but happy it was close anyway, you know? 
that's what I wanted. Mm. Yeah. But man, you know, you're watching that game. Yeah. And Italy are doing really well. Yeah. And you're excited, but the whole time in the back of your mind, you're just waiting for the the walls to start crumbling down. <laughs> the inevitable collapse. And then it did. That's yeah. the worst thing. You're like, oh, this is great because yeah. they were bringing it. They were. Yeah. They were like, ba ba boo, ba 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 ba, and they're just like fucking playing rugby, and you're yeah. excited and yeah. you're happy. Yeah. And you're like, but you just don't believe. Ten points up, and I didn't believe. I said to your mate, he was, I was like, they could be fifty points up. Italy could be fifty points up, and I'd still bet money on England winning. Yeah. You know, that's how. That's how little faith I it's, have. It's the depth, and <sighs> it's the depth thing. Like, yeah, and uh, yeah, the 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 quality of players that they have. They just look tired as well. About, but they, they there's a predictable oh, yeah, there's a bagged. predictability about it. Like about sixty minutes, you could put money on Italy being tired mm-hmm. and just kind of losing interest. And you know, obviously they're passionate and they want to win. But do we say that this is an improvement? I think uh, from their point of view, they will have learned a lot. How to stay, how to keep a game close towards the end, even though England went through a period where they're, you know, they're obviously taking control of the game and look like they're going to win. Italy managed to stay in the fight so that the end score will, could have been could have been a win for them. You know, had it played had it played another ten minutes, who knows? So I think from an Italian point of view, what they will have learned is how to stay in the fight a bit better, and that's valuable. They did stay in the fight till the end because they, yeah. they scored a try at the right end. at the end, yeah. Yeah. Right, so that was something different. That was something positive to take from that game. Yeah, but yeah, I'm just not. Um, I don't. I'm not a believer yet. No, me too. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to get my hopes up yet. Yeah, I'm just not sh- ready to put my heart on the line like that. No, me too. You know, you know? and it's like, uh, you know, it's not you that they're disappointing. It's just that they've got to prove. You know, they've got to provide the evidence before people believe in them. You know, like yeah. you've got. And the thing is, when they beat Wales, they beat. Let's be real, a shoddy Welsh team. Whenever they get a scalp, it's usually because of the team they're playing is on a bit of a downer. It's never because Italy are on top of their game. They'll play well in that game, but they've yet to go toe-to-toe with a big team and beat them, you know? It's like the criticism of uh, Floyd Mayweather or something in boxing, right? Like, he just doesn't play people in his prime. You've got to beat someone in your prime and their prime at the same time with this rhyme. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yes, that makes total sense to me. Good, good. Also, England. Yeah. I was, you know, if I was an England Rrr. fan, this is one of the, the times where I would be most excited. To, when they announced their squad, so much young, exciting talent coming in. And I, I didn't see him. I didn't see it. I'm, you know, Marcus Smith not being there sucks. But uh, Alex Mitchell, Finn Smith having a game, exciting. Alex Mitchell got a try, exciting. But I that was a boring game. I felt bored during that game. Their I don't know attack why. Attack looked just stagnant. It did. It looked boring. Yeah. It wasn't invented. But that's I think that's a George Ford. Like he's not uh, a flashy ten. No. He does uh, like very structured mm. fly half things. It's a Steve Borthwick team as well, isn't it? Yeah. I, I thought they were gonna evolve. Mm. I thought they were gonna grow off of what happened in. Um, the World Cup. Yeah. Also, I think a factor is, is that they were playing uh, Italy. They just didn't. They, I, I think they just thought they were going to win. And they did. <laughs> and they got a little shell-shocked yeah. at yeah. the beginning when yeah. Italy like really came to play. Yeah. So kind of some arrogance maybe was part of that performance. So I yeah. can't look into too much um, into that. Yeah. Also, they're, they, they're, they're running a whole new defense structure because they got Felix Jones yeah. as a defense coach now. Yeah. And so they're running this like hyper blitz like uh, D 
defense. So they're trying to get used to that too. Yeah. There's a lot of new players. There are. Uh, in uh, in the England squad too. Yeah. So they're working around that too. But yeah, it, was, it felt like maybe they weren't hyped up enough for this game. Uh, if I was an England fan, I'd be gutted because, you know, I just want to see England play like they did in that World Cup semi against New Zealand, right? Passionate, abrasive, playing to your strengths. Like, but it's got to be a little tough when you're going against Italy, though. But you should play like that as often as you can. And I think maybe you're right about the arrogance thing. They knew they were going to win, so Italy going ten nil up. Like, oh, we better switch on, boys. Like, but you've got an amazing squad. Like, you know, turn up ready to play. They just didn't show anything new. No, that's I think the that's thing. It. There was nothing new. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing. They looked pre World Cup mm. and just like a boring team. Yeah. So that was concerning. Like they should have walked into that stadium, yeah, and just fucking murdered everyone. There's just piles of bodies everywhere. And you're like, holy fuck! Yeah, it, Ireland don't show up and start slowly. They've got incredible depth. So do England. They're incredible resources. So do England. Show mm-hmm. up and show it, right? Yeah, and show they up didn't and show it. You know, um, so there was like a lack of urgency. Um, yeah, it was kind of sad. Yeah, I I didn't. That was my least favorite like, game even of the though weekend. The, even though the game was close, it mm. was kind of yeah, it was kind of boring. It was turgid, wasn't it? Because you were kind of like yeah, you knew Italy was going to fade, mm. and they did. And England took advantage of that instead of asserting themselves earlier on, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I can't even think of uh, any players that like really stood out for England either. It was just like a blur. Mm. Like, I was watching like a, a fog. We were kind of half watching it by half time as well, weren't we? Yeah. But that says something about the the excitement, doesn't it? Yeah, I wasn't into. It was really hard to get drawn to the game. It was after like, after Italy started uh, fading yeah. away. Yeah, and you knew it was. O- you knew the game was over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you knew where it was going. Yeah, and yeah. Eh. What are you gonna do? But I don't think. Uh, I don't think this is like um, the end of the road for England in this tournament. No, like you said, they're still figuring them some things out. Um, I just wish they would try some more exciting stuff in the meantime. I think they'll be good. I think give England another year with the players they've got. And we'll see really strong England. Like next year, I might, you know, if they if they sort of play decently well through the rest of the tournament and then in the autumn, you'd say they probably could win the Six Nations just because they're players and their resources. Yeah, I, with with um, Marcus Smith out, I really want them to go with Finn Smith. You think so? I want some youth. Inject some more youth. Like George is just, you know what you're getting with George. Mm. And I think this is not what this Six Nations needs. Is a George North Six Nations. George Ford. They need some a uh, George Ford, yeah. Mm. George Ford. Like they need like a, a Finn Smith, mm. some spice. They gotta some, add some spice. They got some spice on on the bench. Cocky young England. Yeah, they got some wingers. Like you got you got all these exciting Welsh y- wingers. Welsh wingers, you know, and then you got Elliot Daly yeah. and George Ford. And it's like a boring yeah. it's boring. It is boring. Right? Isn't it? Yeah. Like use those guys. Get yeah. them out there. Get them playing. Right? So yeah. you know, uh there was like what Ethan Root, he had a really good game. Mm-hmm. Like that was a step up for him. Yeah. Uh, you got Mahler and Dan Cole still playing as well. These guys are yeah. ancient. Yeah. They're playing well, to be fair, doing yep. their jobs. But you know. Yeah, we gotta get. I guess that uh, aging out thing. We gotta get out of our heads. Yeah. There's a lot of good players playing into their like 30s, mid to late 30s. The exception is props, though, right? Keen Healy was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Keen Healy, Healy showed up, there. didn't yeah. he? And yeah. he had a good game. No, props age like wine. 
Everyone yeah. else retires at 30. Props can keep going. They just that, get bigger and stronger. Who was that guy that came from England that we both had no idea who he was? Cunningham South. Cunningham South. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad because I was just like, yeah, it felt like, who the hell is this guy? I had no idea. I, was like, yeah. who is that? I had to Google him. And I was yeah. like, who's that guy? And he's just a Harlequins player who's been playing really well. And I've been sat here going every week, I love the goal of Prem. It's the best league. I don't even know who this guy is. I feel bad now. Yeah. This bolter. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he had yeah, he made he made some good impact on the field. Yeah, he looked good as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what's that guy coming out of nowhere? Yeah. It's all scary. Their center pairing. Uh, Henry Slade uh was pretty decent. He was good. He's in yeah. form right now. Yeah, he's in form right now. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. England, eh? England. You know what I want England to do is double down on the whole everyone thinks you're arrogant thing. Swagger in with your boys. Just smash people, you know? Yeah, that kid that like has to walk out with you and you hold their hand, just push him over and walk yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rub his face <laughs> push in the, the dirt. Kid like, right over. Yeah. Get out of here, stupid Be kid. Be mean. You yeah. Know? Like, we ruled the world. Let's kick some ass. Like, do yeah, that they got to start doing the whole, uh, yeah, the, the wrestling bully yeah. persona. Yeah. B, who's the bad guy? Was it Triple H? Was he a good No, he's a good guy. I think he started off as a bad guy. I mean, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they got to start playing the villain a little bit more. That's right. Run and spoil the Royal Rumble for everyone. Like you guys are always talking about how everyone hates you. Yeah. Like double ra- down. Revel in it. Yes. Like double yeah. down. Be in some it. pantomime villains. Yeah. yeah. You walk swagger. out when you're walking by the ref, pants them. Yeah. And then push them over and laugh at them. That's right. You know, the worst thing Stuart Lancaster did for the world is make England palatable. He was like, no, we're nice now. <laughs> I don't want you to be nice. Be villains. It's Shake, awesome. Shaking hands. Yeah. Yeah. Kissing babies. Flowers. <laughs> yeah. Screw that. Fuck some people up. <laughs> Taking pictures of fans. Yeah. Yeah. Crushing, you guys would be crushing beers, pushing over kids, uh, pants and refs. I want to see Steve Borthwick next week go, we've recolonized India. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> then just rock up with some absolute monster team. Yeah, that's what we want. And there's yeah. like rock music too when they're yeah. coming out. Oh, yeah. yeah. They need to change the anthem too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it should be it should be Metallica as their anthem. Neverland should be Just some random metal song. Yeah, <laughs> they're all just like bonging their heads when they're singing the anthem. Like, yeah, I'd love that. They all have matching tattoos and shit too. Yeah. On the anthem, on a more serious note, though, do you know the song "Jerusalem"? It's a poem by William Blake. No, I don't know oh, okay. that. I know that's a bit of a niche question. Anyway, if you're <laughs> in England, fu- how did you ever think that I would fucking? Know okay, that? well, if you're an England rugby fan, you would know this song because it's like it's like this beautiful song about England, and it's a quality like stirring song. It would be an amazing anthem. And a lot of English fans want it to be the anthem, I think. I just don't know how you go about changing your team's anthem. Ireland have about five or six on repeat, don't they? They've got like a Spotify playlist of anthems. Yeah. But they got options. England have to stick with this boring one. It only ever changes they when a monarch dies. Yeah. It's, it's just not, you ah. just can't get excited for it. No, that's it. You don't get hyped up. Like New Zealand have got a hacker and an anthem. Yeah. England have got this like boring ass. They got a fucking war dance. Yeah. Like you're England, come up with something good. Come out in like top hats with flintlock rifles, shoot them in the air, or like full on armor. Yeah, night armor. Yeah, ride <laughs> out on horses. With lances. Takes them thirty minutes to take it off. To start the <laughs> yeah. game. It's like, shh, shh, yeah. shh, shh, it's coming out. Yeah, they're all like knighting each other on the field. <laughs> I dub the Sir George Ford. Yeah, more of a spectacle. Yeah, yeah. Borthwick is. Yeah, it's everything that. People have been talking about how like the boring Borthwick. Yeah, it it really it's true, shows. isn't it? Like it's kind of true. Stop living up to expectation. And well, if he can, he can keep coaching like that, and the game's just going to move on from him. Yeah, that's, that's the, the danger, problem. isn't it? That is a danger because there are some innovative times in rugby, aren't they? You know, with the with the interesting bench splits and the calling for a scrum when you've called the mark. Like 
I think people Stop were playing worried. With the rules. People were really worried about like Andy Farrell being like that for Ireland. Yeah, because mm. he was like he was like Joe Schmidt's like protege. Yeah, protege. Yeah. yeah, and so and Joe Schmidt's an ultra controlling conservative. Yeah. Uh, rugby coach. Andy Farrell's a leaf on the wind, mate. Yeah, he's always evolving. And mm. I heard him in an interview the other day about talking about um, his coaching style. He's so confident as yeah, well. Yeah, and he? they're like, oh, those speeches you did for the Lions. He's yeah. like, oh, those, you know, those, I don't really do those anymore. I kind of grown as a coach. Those are kind of put on. Yeah. You know, it's like almost rehearsed. Yeah. He's so unpretentious, but so confident. Yeah, he wants to grow. He's positive masculinity in a human. And he's mentally strong. Yes. Oh, God, Ugh. I know. God damn. I know. God damn, Andy Farrell. No wonder Owen Farrell's such a gobshite, like living in that man's shadow, like <laughs> the perfect man. <laughs> yeah. How do you live up to your yeah. perfect dad? The only thing you've got going is not a broken nose. The rest of it, your father is doing everything better. There's probably like a, when Owen Farrell wakes up and he goes to the bathroom, there's like a photo of Andy Farrell on the wall. Yeah. And he starts yelling at his dad. <laughs> at least my nose is straight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good too. <laughs> I'm worth something too. Do you know what? I wrote this down. Do you know who England missed? Owen fucking Farrell. Yeah. They missed some abrasive. Uh, actually, you know what? I think about it. Nah. George Ford and I think the game would have went the same way. You think so? Yeah. Maybe I missed Owen, Owen Farrell. Owen Farrell just would have been yelling at the players more. I think I wanted that though. Yeah. I wanted that. They're kind of, eh. No, I don't think they missed uh, Owen Farrell. I think they got, what they got what they got in quality for 10s. I'm not saying they missed him in terms of the performance. I just missed him in terms of having Owen Farrell on the field to bring some just being a cunt. Yeah, just like, oh, yeah, yeah we're English. Fuck you. Yeah, skin yeah. skin. Yeah, okay, so the cunty Owen Farrell thing we did miss. Um, and Itoje is is missing a bit of shithousery as well. He's, he's following the rules too much. Like, Ito I want Itoje to be a piece of shit. I want to see his hand crop up at the at the wrong side of a mall, tickling someone's butthole, you know? like Yeah, he... He is missing something. Yeah. it's He's just not the same. Like, they've coached him to be a, a, a rules-following player. Like, play on the edge a bit more. He was Maybe really he good like at that. Maybe he has, like, so many endorsements now. He's going to be, like, a <laughs> good guy. Nike are going to drop him if he cheats. He's like, oh, man, I can't do anything wrong because I got this image to protect. Oh, that's just sad, isn't it? Yeah. But that's... Uh... We talked a lot about that in the end. Yes. I didn't think we would. We, did more we went off on one. Mocked England more. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, yeah. but, I, you know, like, I want him to be good, you know? I, want I think they're going to be good. They're going to be good. All right. They're going to be good. They're going to put. They're going to put up some fights. Okay. So it's up to them to be island now. Mm, they don't, I don't think they'll I do don't it. I don't think there's a. I think there's a couple. There's you know Scotland and, and Wales. I, I don't count these teams <laughs> out, man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay. not a doomsday fan like you. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of which. Oh. Speaking yeah. of which. Doomsday. Do you know what I want to say first? I yes. want to say to the rugby world, you're welcome for the best game of the weekend. You're fucking welcome, right? Game of two halves, big cliche, but we provided the entertainment this weekend, you know? You did. It was the game of the weekend. It was the, 100% the and game of the weekend. And we're talking about Wales, Scotland. Yeah. We always knew it would be good. Give me, the, give me, give me your oh, thoughts. You want a buffet of thoughts right now. Because I've never seen a human being watching a game go through every single emotion a human being can go through. I know. In 80 minutes. I know. <laughs> fucking, oh, gee, you went through mess, every fucking emotion. That was a hot mess. I think the, the overall feeling after that game is... Because, yeah, your girlfriend is a Scotland fan, and she was cheering for Scotland, I was cheering for Wales. Was and that bugging you? Was that getting under your skin? No, I liked it. It adds to the, adds to the flavor, you know? Mm -hmm. I want that. Um, we, the, end of the, the end of the game, we both kind of looked at each other and went, we're both happy, aren't we? And she was like, yeah, we won. And I was like, yeah, we learned a lot of stuff. It felt like no one lost. That's right. I feel like 
I read a lot. It's of like sc- everyone got what they wanted. I never seen a game like that where everyone kind of got what they wanted. Yeah, right. Like they, was, we're all winners here. Wales got the moral victory. We learned a lot of lessons. Scotland got the Cardiff monkey off their back after twenty odd years of not losing in not in Wales. They have won in Wales, but not in Cardiff in the last twenty odd years. Yeah. Um, I think that I read a lot of comments from Scottish fans where they're like, even when we get the monkey off our back, that felt like a hollow victory. I.e., it's shite to be Scottish. Mm-hmm kind of vibes like they can't even win and be happy about it that's them saying that in some comments that i'm paraphrasing not me um i think scotland are being a bit hard on themselves yeah they they collapsed in the second half but i like to think wales showed up as well so you know the things i wrote down here were we that was so valuable for a welsh team you got to remember we put out a team of children like ireland this is a game that uh, Warren Gatlin can be really happy about. He can be really happy about Because they it. really dug, they had to dig themselves out of a real big hole and they did. We showed we're still a team that never goes away. Mm-hmm. You know, we were 27 points down after halftime and we, we made that game winnable. Gatlin factor, I talked about it last week. Oh, I said it as well, man. Like, he's a legend. I don't, I'm not putting too much um, emphasis on what he said in the changing room. What, I'm, what he did right was pulled the, the players who weren't performing off. And he, and he knew he was replacing yeah, he him with that. inexperience, yeah. right? He Replacing, well, Thomas Williams isn't inexperienced, but replacing him added tempo and pace to the game. Yeah, replacing, it changed right away when it he It did, came immediately. On. And the same with replacing Ryan Elias with Elliot D. Now our lineouts are working. Because we had a couple chances in the first half. We just butchered them because our lineout was shocking. Oh, that, was was prob- that was easily the worst half of rugby I've ever seen Wales play. Or even a tier one nation, right? A tier one. They we were getting, looked fucked. Yeah, we were just, you know, but, but it's inexperienced kids. Without the leaders and the right things going right, that was always, I thought that was going to be the score. I would not have been surprised if we'd have lost that game 60 points to nil, you know? But, you know, we did bring on the right people at the right time. Uh, so, yeah, when we when we sorted it's out Gatland the lineup, it is Gatland. Yeah, 100%. He knows what he's doing. Um, but, you know, I'm happy for those players that changed the game. Um, so yeah, I'm talking about Ryan Elias, uh, Thomas Williams, Sam Costello goes off. He looked a bit out of his depth. And when Johan Lloyd replaced him at 10, he missed a kick, but he's not, that's not really his job most of the time, right? They need, they need to bring in, they need to bring someone in. Callum Sheedy. They need to bring Callum Sheedy in. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's coming to Cardiff. I don't think he's coming straight into the squad. I, but... They have to do something. Well, Johan Lloyd played good. He did play good, but he's just not the 10. Like they need someone to like direct. There isn't anyone. That's the problem. That's it. We've got to make, we've got to put faith in these youngsters now because the criticism is if oh this person has a bad game so and so they've got to be replaced. There is no one else. It's step up or fuck off now, you know. And I think Johan Lloyd did that, and I think uh, Elliot D did that. I feel bad for Ryan Elias because he's good in contact, but he regularly overthrows. And you know sometimes you look at a lineout and you go, is that the thrower or the jumpers? Mm-hmm. It was obvious it was the thrower because as soon yeah. as Elliot D came on, the the lineout was purring. And we, we bisected Scotland in that first try with our mall, you know? So it's the, you know, it's a lot to do with the hooker there. Um, so I'm really happy with that game. Like I finished it thinking we were going to, well, I started it thinking we were going to lose. And I came out thinking that was super valuable. Really happy for Cameron Winnett at fullback. He looks about 10 years old. Yeah, he had a, yeah, he, he, he's a tiny guy. But he had a solid game. Like yeah. he didn't do anything incredible. Um, uh, Ethan, is it Ethan Wainwright? Aaron Wainwright. Aaron Wainwright? Yeah. He had a game. He was a monster, wasn't he? He was fucking everywhere Who with the his hell? greasy fucking mustache all over the place. <laughs> An 80s porn star just tearing Scotland apart. Yeah, he yeah. looked like he was just about to like smash a couple beers and put yeah. on patio lanterns. He looks like a bogan, doesn't he? Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he like does. fit right in in Australia. Yeah. yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he was fantastic. He was quality. Yeah. There was some salty, 
Scotland comments about him getting man of the match. And I get it because Jiffy can be a piece of shit in commentary. Like he's very biased. Mm -hmm. But I was saying to you, wasn't I like, he, I hope he gets man of the match because he's like dragged us into this game. Yeah, because that was like a, I haven't seen, I can't remember another game where the losing team, uh, like a player from the losing team got mad at the match. I, it's been a long time. It happened in a Scotland-Wales fixture where we beat Scotland and Dan Parks, the old Scottish 10, got it. And if you remember when Italy beat Wales in Cardiff, they gave it to Josh Adams, even though we lost. And then Josh Adams gave Ange Kapuat, so his yeah. medal. It happens. It's just not common, right? There were some Scottish players that really had a, like a like a game. Yeah, they did. Like yeah. uh, Vandermeer. Yeah. He had a Wait, game. Except for that, like he tried to plant the last try on his foot instead of the grass. So that was the oh, closest thing. Oh, he had his like, thing. hand wrapped around. He had his uh, fucking oh, big foot hand. It was a centimeter away from being a try. I felt yeah. bad for him. But yeah, yeah. He, it was nearly a hat trick, right? He's a monster. He's a beast and he's fast. I thought Finn yeah. Russell had a decent game, actually. He did too. Yeah, he, he did, did too. That was surprise. Yeah, like I thought I was really uh, interested in how he was going to play today. And no, he, he, he was good. Looked he was like solid a solid all. international 10, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, uh, it was just like fucking Scotland. It felt like at one point Scotland were like literally trying to lose the game. Yeah. Because it was like fucking like 16 penalties. You c and had they not built such a lead, you do not give away 16 penalties and win a game. Right? They're, they're lucky they, they built up that lead. That's what I'm saying. Because, yeah, they completely fucking collapsed. Shit the bad, didn't I, they? I don't know. Yeah, it was just messy. It was. Like, <laughs> well, it's, you know, and the thing is when you're scrambling defensively and the other team have really got the pressure on, it's hard to not give away penalties, right? Because you're just all over the place, getting up, throwing yourselves in. You're not paying attention to the offside line as much. Yeah. You're not paying attention to the gate as much. Like you're desperate to, to stop them. So it's inevitable in a way. Well, the tempo from Wales in the second half was such a drastic change. It, it was night and day, wasn't it? Yeah. It just... Yeah, it shell shocked Scotland. Mm. Like they were not, they were under so much pressure. Yeah, like they, I, I, they, they probably were like no one was prepared for that. No. no one thought when that second half started. Yeah, that Wales like we're gonna like do go, anything, go full beast mode. Yeah, and just completely change. They completely changed it's as a team. Almost, it was a completely different it was team. Night and day. Right. Yeah. So, like they were like yeah, Scotland were shocked. They were, and I think you know, I I got to give them some credit in a weird underhanded compliment kind of way they kind of switched off because they we've got this even in the second half they scored the first try and it was a good try and you think they've earned the right to defend a lead a little bit here you know let's mm -hmm. let's play smart but then you know gatlin makes some key changes and some key positions and suddenly we inject some tempo and we're winning our own lineouts and we show that we can play rugby at an international level again which is what i was happy about but in you know, in scotland's defense they'd done enough to go We've won the game. And they did win the game, right? It, it was a bit sweaty at the end, but yeah. they did win it. Let's it, not forget. It, it took them a whole half to like get back on their feet, though. And even the last five minutes, that was Scotland's last five minutes. They yeah. were in control of the game but despite the nerves. You know, a whole half to get back to that, yeah, that totally. part of their game. Yeah. So, no, you know what? I should say, like, fair play to them, right? They still look a good side. They can, If they cannot crumble, They're, then they'll be all right, you know? I, I talked about this on another uh, on a past episode, but, yeah, that just the... The contrast between their forward pack and their backs, yeah, is a big problem. They've got the best backline in the tournament, I think. Mm -hmm. And and uh, you know, had they had Blair Kinghorn as well, like wow, that's a good backline, right? And Wales had this stupid tactic. We were kicking to their fullback, like, oh, he's inexperienced. He's not. He was. He was doing fine, eating up those kicks. 
And then we yeah, decided... Yeah, they were trying to expose him. It wasn't working, was it? Yeah, they're like, okay, we'll try doing this. But then they didn't have the and team to like... <laughs> kick to the... And then they give it to Finn Russell and he kicks a 50-22. And then, which leads me to another ro- ro- uh, note I wrote down. Josh Adams, man, like... He kind of lost... Not lost that game for us. I mean, a game is never a single moment, is it? But you think if Josh Adams isn't a petulant shit and throws the ball into the stands, that's yeah, such that a, a needless penalty. penalty. They were frustrated, though. They were frustrated, but like... As a professional player, that is the difference between winning and losing a game, you know? And yeah, that's such especially a with all his experience, he should be making shitty things like that. If you've got ice guys accidentally shouldering a guy in the head, you really need to be the guy who, as, the, as one of the more experienced players on the field, you really need to be the guy who's not doing that, you know? And the thing is, Rio Dyer had a hell of a game. Yeah. And we've got Mason what Grady. Up, what a step up for yeah. him. Wow. And, you know, like Josh Adams is, is suddenly in danger of losing his spot in the squad. One of the best wingers in the world. I know he looked all strapped up and hasn't played much rugby. But if you're going to be a child as well and throw the ball into the crowd, someone's going to take your spot. We've got some good wingers. One of them's playing in England. He might come back and take your spot. Oh, he can't now. He got no, capped. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, no. But, you know, I, every, all over the place. We could get a guy from the NFL to come back and take your spot if you want. Yeah, if you're a Welsh fan, I think there's a lot of positive to take from this game. Yeah. Like, it really, this game really galvanized them. I'm happy. I'm like happy. They, yeah are going to be like just the next game like they're going into uh like next week they're going into going to, going to twickers yeah we're going to rugby hq mate like think how much confidence they're going into this game with we're going with a children's school bus to twickenham yeah they just got a huge boost england yeah. just has like a like a like a lull of a game they're like oh we really gotta you know pick yeah. up our boots yeah and you know and like this is yeah i think this is good i think wales are going to have a, a good tournament this on well I, I think to be honest and i've said this a few times i'm kind of in hibernation mode i'm happy to take a lot of losses because we are the ultimate in rebuild mode team right mm-hmm. like three players were starting compared to like that's the only consistency from last year three players that's something, mad something special is happening there and uh yeah after that game mm. there's yeah i'm very confident with wales moving forward i'm not i, I think, think there's gonna be some i think there's gonna be some big plays I, I, I'm still worried about their 10 situation. Yeah. They need a 10. If they don't fix that up. Yeah. Uh, some, maybe, but... Um, Do you know what I liked as well? I was scrum. Sorry. I interrupted yeah, you. Scrum. Yeah, scrum. Like, that was good too, yeah. Like, our scrum looks solid. I'm really happy with that. We've got some scrum penalties for us as well. Oh, the confidence that these guys have going into the game next weekend is going to be massive. We've got it. We've got it. They must believe they can do anything. Oh, stop it now. Stop it now. I've Check. never seen, in my whole life, I've never seen such a switch. Mm-hmm. Right, mm. like a team just getting their ass fucking kicked. Yeah, to like flip it around and just start kicking ass. Yeah, it was like a Hollywood movie. It was cool, eh? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sad we lost. It would have been amazing to win, obviously, but that 30 minute period where we're like just monstering them, it just gives me hope because this is a team of kids and they can do that to the senior Scottish side. Like this, even might even be. Like a, a head start, like Gatlin might be lucking out here and getting a huge head start on having these like uh, young kids um, step up into roles for the World Cup cycle. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Because yeah. if he's gonna, if these guys are stepping up like this mm. and they continue doing that, and we bring in some more talent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yeah, yeah, if he can maintain that uh, um, progression, like yeah. If you can maintain that, what's the word I'm looking for? consistency that consistency yeah and keep building and building and building yeah like that's scary it's cool it's cool yeah, yeah i'm excited and you know tommy raffle keeping us in the game old turnover tommy 
I just want to make everyone clear that you said turn over Tommy before the commentator. Before the commentator yeah. did. I've got to say as well, I heard it elsewhere. I didn't. It's not. Oh, a, you did. It's not copyright, Frank. Oh, no. Why no. didn't you say that? I I did, didn't I? I said I was gonna I was gonna make sure you get credit. Oh no, I, I can't take credit for that. I, I read it somewhere. Turn over uh, Tommy, but I said it before the commentary team, which <laughs> makes me better than them. Well, they probably read the same fucking thing you did. <laughs> I believed in you. I'm just trying to be honest. Fucking Italy. I'm trying to be honest. <laughs> it's like, oh, you did something great. You no. don't believe in Italy. Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, that was, yeah. That, I'm ex- that you, you got to be, happy, man. if you're a Welsh fan, you got to be yeah. excited. Like I'm saying, I don't think we're going to win or even necessarily beat many more teams, but yeah, I'm just happy to see the, the team going in the right direction. I wouldn't go into any other game thinking that it's, you're going to get destroyed. Mm. Yeah. You'd make a terrible Welshman. Yeah. I'm not a doomsday fan. No. Join the rugby Karens of the world. We're all going to die today. <laughs> it wasn't bad, actually. <laughs> yeah. All right. all right. And that is the games of the weekend. Yeah. You're welcome, world rugby fans. Yeah. Oh, what a great time. Yeah. Rugby Christmas. Yeah, right. Um, now let's get into some doom and gloom. Oh. Let's well, get sad. Is it doom and gloom? It is a bit, isn't it? We're going to talk about the Rugby Pass documentary, Whistleblowers. Whistleblowers. Yeah, which we both had to watch as homework. Which we wanted to watch, but we yeah. had to hustle to watch it before we. I thought it was it. coming out like next month, and it kind of just like yeah. took me by surprise. Like it's out, and I was like, "Oh yeah. shit!" Because there was this really cinematic trailer for it, and whenever you see a movie trailer, you're like that's coming out in three or four months. But yeah, it was just out, and, and it's, it's free. It's free. That surprised free me. Free on Rugby Pass yeah. TV. You just make an account, you log in, you watch it. Yeah, and uh, I I I loved it, and it, it was a big contrast to the Six Nations documentary on Netflix, which I have criticized. Um, uh, they were completely two different. They were different beasts. The goals and uh, like the the, they were completely two different documentaries. They, they were, but the rugby, the referee documentary, it was a good advertisement for the game. It showed the passion, the fans, the culture of the tournament. I liked that part about it. And don't get me wrong, there was some, there was the disgusting stuff about it, i.e., the death threats to referees. But you know, we can't hide these things. It's part of the game, right? And yeah, we're trying to fix it. But that's what I want to see. I want to see rugby guts and all. I almost thought it was kind of light on uh, the fan harassment thing. You you wanted doxing? I like, wanted this I wanted to man. see. I wanted to go really deep, and then I wanted to like them to show like to cut to like a guy like getting wheeled into a courtroom. Yeah, and he's all strapped up like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> you know, this guy for harassing refs. You know, no, I wanted some. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was kind of. I thought it was actually a little light on uh, the fan harassing thing. Kind of like. They kind of highlighted it at the end. Mm. And at the beginning. Yeah. Right at the beginning. Yeah. Right at the beginning, it starts off hot and you're like, oh, here yeah, we go. Like and then it kind of goes Barnes into- kids are being threatened. That's horrible. Yeah. It kind of goes into the rev, uh, the rest like super friends club. Yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it was kind of like this documentary was a lot different than I thought it was going to be actually. It was really sad it and was depressing. Sad. It was bleak. It was bleak. Like, yeah. it was just, it was like isolating. Yeah. Like- you're watching these guys and they're so alone. Yeah. And they did it like the way that they, they were like uh, when Wayne Barnes is like watching the games and he's like in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> like it's only a little bit of light just on his face. Just the light of the monitor. Yeah, yeah. And he's just sitting there and he's just watching the game. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? And like, yeah. It, it, yeah, it made it made them like seem like, like they're just really lonely. They're just all alone. Yeah. Like you're watching uh, Agnes Gardner. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's like running around on the field mm. and he's like practicing and shit. Yeah. On doing on his own. Yeah, and he's practicing. And like he's the, having imaginary conversations with yeah, people. Yeah, he's practicing the conversations and he's yeah. going over the movements. Like he's yeah. practicing the moves and stuff yeah. like that. It just looked so 
lonely. Do you know, do you ever go for a walk in the park and there's like some lunatic and they just stood there in the middle of the park on their own singing or something weird or doing yeah. like kung fu moves on their own? <laughs> yeah. And if I walk through a park and I see like a referee imaginary talking, okay, that's enough from you two, or it's a yellow card next time, I'm like, this guy's fucking nuts. We're going to go. Listen, I didn't see it that way. Yeah. Okay. I saw it this way. Like he's just <laughs> yeah. literally having yeah. a con- whole conversation yeah. by himself. And, and do you know what the funny thing is? He's even lifting his head up, imagining that the players are taller than him. Yeah. That's the level of detail yeah. he's practicing like i I never thought that like a ref would practice like that no it's mad isn't it but they're on their own team yeah i'm not disrespecting it i get it it's yeah. just like if you saw that you would just be like let's oh, leave man. this park this, yeah. this man is gonna murder us just gather like, your kids like come on yeah, let's, go. Let's, let's go don't let's go. look go. him in the eye yeah, 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 do him. not look at him yeah, yeah yeah don't give him money and like the 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 pressure that they're like the pressure that they're under to succeed yeah like on how well, like the selection they, meetings and yeah. stuff as well it's like sorry you didn't get to and the guy's genuinely gutted he couldn't referee the quarterfinal right fair like play. how badly they want it and stuff yeah. like i just yeah i didn't know like the competition mm. of, of being a ref yeah the pressure like there's a lot of things i didn't like ever yeah. think about totally there was a scene in it and you they don't go into a lot of detail but they've got the picture of the ref and they've got colored circles next to them and i imagine there was like a green a yellow and a red and i don't know if that's what it means but it looked like that was their rating for the game and you can even see there's pictures of refs on there and they've got like a red spot next to them the manage the, t- the ref management team don't shy away from it right that's obvious they're like no. honesty is their poly and it has to be right you have to be the most objective person on the field so you better be good at accepting criticism and like every single one of them takes it so seriously and they're so good at taking criticism on board, but it still hits them in a human way. You know, I didn't realize referees were real humans who bled and had families. <laughs> yeah, it dude. opened my eyes, you know? It's like, oh, these people are humans? Yeah, right? It was uh, uh, like the type of person that it takes to be a high-level ref. Nuts. Like that is nuts. Immense respect. And it's yeah. also the type of person you don't want having like uh, massive criticism from friends because no. they take it so hard yeah and yeah. So, so yeah so the, the only person that can do this type of refing is yeah. the same person that that will like take all these comments from online to heart yeah 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 right yeah so it's kind of a catch-22 like you're yeah. fucked either way you have but, to be very self-critical and very self-aware but you're also the guy who's getting the most abuse and most criticism, right? Because they're obsessed with refing. Yeah, you ha- the, and the rules are not easy, are they? No. They've got to know the intricacies. Like when we were watching Wales-Scotland and Ben O'Keefe was talking about a landing zone and how we were offside. And you know, I was losing my mind because I was so emotional. I was like, what mm. the fuck is a landing zone? I'm like, fuck off, Ben O'Keefe. And I felt, and then after watching that, I was like, I'm never saying a bad word about Ben O'Keefe in my life again. <laughs> that poor, sweet man, you know? Do you know what, as well? I was watching that and I was thinking, I wish... My group of friends were as supportive as the referee bros. They're all like stood around, hugging each other, crying like, you make that bunker decision, king. You slay king. They have to be. They have to be. And they've got this siege mentality, right? They're all in the hotel, popping a bottle of champagne. And they're like, at the end of the game, you know the amount of like hugging and touching and like they've got the head on head. I thought they were going to start like making out. Like they're so close. I'm not criticizing it. Like they were so supportive to each other, you know? They're in such a thankless job. Yeah. Because if a ref has a good game, yeah, you don't talk about him. No, no one mentions him. No, you talk about the game. Yeah, if he has a shocker, yeah, then it's all about him. It's like a lifeguard. You're only working when something bad is happening, right? That's yeah. the only moment anyone remembers. You, you're literally the shark only talked about when something bad happens. Yeah, like there's no. So yeah. where you getting your where you getting your support from? There was several games 
they you know they had the shot of the ref walking down the tunnel head down and that game for tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of fans was the best thing they've ever seen and that ref is still walking down like he's committed a murder you know like he's still disappointed with himself yeah so they need that validation and they need it in spades from their peers and they've obviously created this culture where they give that to each other and i was so impressed by that you know well i was at the game in paris when like ben o'keefe walked out yeah and the whole stadium just erupted. It's disgusting. They eh? were just yelling yeah, and yeah, yeah. swearing. And it's this, this huge boo. They're like, yeah. boo. Like yeah. The whole stadium. And he's, yeah, as yeah, soon as yeah. he's walking out, you can see him walking around yeah. and stuff like that. And I was like there at that game. And I just couldn't believe it. It was, it was just, yeah. it was gross. Can it, you, felt, it felt gross. It was disgusting. I was like, come on, guys. Like, yeah. fuck off. Like, you know. Yeah. And we're all guilty of it, right? We sat there at the TV yelling. Like, and you, you kind of like check yourself, don't you? You imagine walking into your office. You walk through the door. There's 50 people in the cubicles. They all just stand up and go, boo, fuck you, like every day, 9 a.m. Yeah, there was Imagine a guy. That, like, there was a guy sitting in front of me, and then he turned around and he actually got into it with the guy behind me. Yeah. Yeah. About like, like slagging the refs. Yeah. He's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. fuck, the guy's got a job to do. Yeah. Oh, good and then for this him. guy's like, fuck you. <laughs> he starts got real pissed off and yeah. stuff. And I was like, yeah. I was like, and I turned around. I was like, man, you can't be. Yeah. You're going to calm yourself for this game because I'm excited for this game. So you got you to yeah. chill. I don't want to break up a fight. Yeah. I paid a lot of money for <laughs> yeah. this ticket. Like, so because yeah. he was getting real mad. He got called out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was just like, yeah, the isolation, the loneliness. It was like it was bleak. It was kind of, it was bleak. Yeah. And there's a couple of guys, uh, the English ref, Tom. Oh, it's annoying me. I can't remember his name. I think he stepped down after that last World Cup because he just couldn't handle the abuse. Uh, I feel really bad not remembering his name now. What but. they didn't highlight in the documentary at all mm. was what is World Rugby doing mm. to support these refs? I think that documentary is part of it. I think because... Like what kind of systems do they have? Because they're going through basically this psychological torture I for think, their job. Like, hey, here's your job. You're going to ref this game. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, by the way, you're going to get psychologically tortured by the public. Every right? single what kind game. Of, like, what kind of training? Like, what, Do they have like... Do they have like a team of psychologists like like mm. constantly working with them because they need that? Yeah, and they didn't they didn't show any of that. Like, how is World Rugby dealing with this? They didn't highlight that at all. I think there was a comment at the end that they actually like charged the guy for online harassment or something. But that's like that. not possible in every country. It yeah. depends on the laws of the country, it's right? Like, what like what is like because there was no like um there was no like no sunshine like coming mm. out at the end of this documentary. No, it's just, it was it's just a like, shit job. You hope your kids die, and then it's like credits. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, what's like, what's yeah. the light at the end? Of, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Well, I think is honest, there a plan? I think the part of the plan is that documentary is part of the plan. It's like we'll show you the human side of this. So next time you start slagging off a ref, you might think twice about it, right? I totally agree. I totally agree. Because That's part of this. The, we the are responsible for that as yeah. fans, right? And and I wrote something down here. One, there's two things that I think about. One is obviously it's cliche, but it's social media, right? that I can message someone I've never met who's refed a game and insult his family and threaten to murder him yeah. is wild. And that's relatively new societally. And another thing is that it is creeping into the game more, I feel. It's like cheering for another team's mistake rather than cheering for your own success. So for example, if I see one of my own teammates get nearly decapitated, they go off for a head injury assessment, and then the ref shows a red card, the team cheer for that they're like yes he got a red card and they're almost forgetting the fact that one of their teammates is sat there pissing blood out of his head with a concussion why are you cheering for that mm -hmm. that's not something to cheer about cheer when you score a try or even cheer when you win a turnover that's an achievement it's not an achievement that the other team has nearly killed one of your players why are you cheering about that right so there's a responsibility definitely on us as fans 
to be nice. There's a responsibility on players to stop like this kind of showboating about shit that doesn't need it. I guess you really, yeah, I guess you kind of make a good point. Like the targeting us, mm. like part of their plan to deal with this is actually putting this out. Like, yeah. you know what? Let's coach the fans. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's actually kind of a smart idea when I think about it now, like, cause it did really work. It, re- it, it really it worked on me. It also showed like the sacrifice that these refs make. They're in like, shape. You, when you become a ref, you yeah. sacrifice being a fan. Yeah. You can't be a fan of rugby anymore. And you remember, even when they're watching the games, they're almost like reluctant to cheer. They'll just be like, oh yeah, that was good. But you yeah. can tell there's like a rugby human in there going, that was fucking awesome. Let's shout. I did think you it know? was cool that Wayne Barnes was like when he was watching um, the South Africa England game. Yeah. He wanted South Africa to win so he could ref the final. Oh, you think because so? Of, yeah, because he said like, oh yeah, because yeah, he's, he's not allowed a, to ref England. Yeah. yeah so yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. if England wins, yeah. he can't ref the final. What a conflict, eh? Yeah. So I was just like watching, I was like, wow. Like he's like, can't yeah. even cheer for his like, uh, his home country because yeah. you know he wants he wants to do the job yeah and yeah and you have to be so objective about everything you can't be a fan anymore you you sacrifice being a fan they do and i think what the documentary showed well in that same respect is that these guys like rugby just as much as the rest of us they're not someone who walked off the street and we're like we'll show you this game can you refix we need to be really objective no a lot of them are ex players a lot mm. of them, Wayne Barnes has been refing since he was 15 he obviously loves rugby and he's not allowed to show that. Isn't that mad? The like, common thing that a lot of them said in the documentary was like the same term. Mm. Rugby has given me everything. Yeah. Rugby's given me so much. Yeah. Yeah. I met my wife because of yeah. rugby. Yeah. 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 Right. They love rugby. So they can't just walk away from it, can they? Like they hate this job. They're not just going to apply for a job in HR, are they? Like that's, it does that's make their it, life. <laughs> it's like, I, want, I don't know if we're being too dramatic. But we, let's it keep does, doing it. It does feel like a fucking huge sacrifice. Yeah, it is. You know, you're just, I think you're sacrificing, like, yeah, being able to enjoy a game in a certain way that mm. we're, we're all allowed to enjoy, except for them. They can't enjoy it that way. Yeah. This is kind of a fucked up thing to say, but can you imagine if a ref suffered enough abuse that they, like, commit suicide or something, right? Like, that would be enough to make even the most miserable, angry piece of shit fan who's messaging them to go, okay, this is messed up. Obviously, we don't want it to get to that stage. Hopefully, it never does. But this documentary is coming at the right time to go, there's a problem here, guys. Fans, you need to think about what you're doing. And obviously, there's people who've got a phone in their hand who are just drooling psychopaths who are always going to be death-threatening assholes, right? It's weird uh, watching like a documentary where you are the antagonist. Yeah. We <laughs> are the, the bad, bad guys. guys. We yeah. are the fucking villains. Yeah. I've said some shit about refs. You know, not, yeah. I've not tweeted them, but I've sat in my living room going that motherfucker, like, you know, and it made me think about it. You know, it really made me think about it. And, and uh, what I'm always thinking about now, since yesterday, since I watched it, is those moments where someone is awarded, uh, someone given, not awarded, a red card for what could be a dangerous action. And I'm thinking, that wasn't malicious, get a fucking grip. But it's always about the players, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's always about the players. Those referees, like, they're just officiating. That's it's all hard, they're doing. It's hard not to get triggered by some calls. It is. And like, even when I was watching the documentary, yeah. and then they were showing some, like, previous oh, calls, I, and I was getting triggered. I was like, oh, fuck. It brings up those feelings, yeah. doesn't it? And you're like, <laughs> I remember that. Like, I fucking fuck, you should have called that. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the wrong... And then, you know what I liked as well is it, it showed me that what I've been saying for a little while is the bunker system is a good thing. Yeah. Because what they do is they they bring over the linesman, they go through that process, and they go, so that's going for review. And you can see immediately that takes so much pressure off them because they're not stood there in front of 70,000 people going, do I have to give this guy a red card? They're just going, is it enough for a yellow? My job is done. I can keep in the game. And a man in a box who's not being yelled at by a million people can figure it out for me. Yeah. That's amazing. And 
yeah, I thought, yeah, it takes the pressure off the ref. Yeah. It also opens the door for different types of refs. Like there's yeah. some guys that can't like maybe they're not physically yeah. able to run around on a field. Yeah. But they're still really good refs. They yeah. can still really read the game really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that opens up a pathway for them. Or maybe they're just like they don't have the confidence to get in front of thousands of fans. Yeah. Or even maybe they're just maybe they're in a wheelchair. You could be yeah. a you could yeah. be a TMO if you're yeah. in a wheelchair. Like So that's like another like exciting like pathway for like, you know what? If I want to be a rugby ref, yeah, I don't have to be running around on the field. Yeah, I don't have to be getting screamed at by people. Yeah, I can be hidden away. Because also, Jacko Piper's injury, right? That was brutal, and yeah. he's crying, and he obviously can't run around on a field anymore. But if he still feels up to it, he could probably sit in a chair and TMO. You know? Yeah, that was sad too. It was sad, and I like, could feel like it's oh, just like his whole world was crumbling. They around were him. gutted. That was the biggest takeaway for me, actually. Like you said already, just how much it means to them. Right, it's not just a day job, right? It's their fucking life, you know. And they were all like crying and supporting each other. Yeah, I feel fortunate that we got an insight like this. Me too. They would now. They, they got to start doing like other uh, positions in rugby that we don't ever look at. You know, in America, they have like Veterans Day. I think we should have like Referees Day. <laughs> Where we all wear like a poppy or something. Instead of shooting guns, there's like a row of guys just kicking balls into the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We all wear a little penny with a whistle on it. like <laughs> And kick. <laughs> and kick. <laughs> Ten kick salute. I'd do it. Yeah. Hey, you don't put up your fucking Christmas ordinance before fucking referees day, okay? It's <laughs> getting real bad. Yeah, thank you for your service, sir. Thank you for your service. Every you time see, you meet one in public, like, you need see to go referees, wheelchair. like, going into, like, grocery stores for yeah. the referee outfit. And everyone's taking off their cap, like, thank yeah. you for your service. I would do That's that. That's almost like it felt like. <laughs> I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah no, I, I, I want more, but, yeah, maybe you can do a documentary about maybe the, what about the, the equipment manager? Guy hauling all the bags. And it's such a brutal story. Like, it's just <laughs> bleak and horrible. Yeah, his whole family is just, like, living off his salary. Like, where's my fucking bags? Oh, sorry, Sam. Sorry. <laughs> Doffing his cap. Just by himself. Hey, water boy. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely want to see some... Uh, I'm really interested in what World Rugby is doing to uh, psychologically mm. help these refs. And I think what you're saying there is valid, but I'm saying that we need to be as we can't just be like rugby world rugby this is your problem no it's out it's rugby as it's a, everyone's problem. problem it's everyone's right? problem because you're gonna you're never gonna stop you're, i don't think you'll you'll stop i think this documentary will help yeah quite a bit yeah um but you're not gonna stop them all those yeah. guys that those guys that make those no. comments probably didn't even watch the documentary no 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 Right? No, they're they're just, already so fucking. They probably fuck. don't even watch rugby. They they've tuned in for one game a year, and they're yeah. just some psychopath who's like hammer drunk, who's just a piece of shit online all the time. Like, there's always going to be wankers, isn't there? Yeah, there's always going to be wankers. But you know, you know, you were saying right at the start when we we're talking about this, like, you know, you you wanted to see, or you were surprised there wasn't more like juicy death threat comment. We're not talking to the guys who are doing it. Maybe we get like, you know, when the like an informer in a in a crime documentary oh, yeah. and their voice is like yeah so i was uh, and they're like their face is blacked out and their name is anonymous i've been abusing refs for yeah. <laughs> nine years now yeah, i called andrew brace a piece of shit on twitter like, uh here's another tweet yeah. i just get a rush <laughs> <It's all blacked laughs> yeah 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 they've pixelated his face like it's <laughs> like yeah. in the ghetto of fucking <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no yeah good though eh good good, good. good all right good, good um should we uh Let's predict some things. Let's predict some things. Let's do some predictions. Yeah, I think you're beating me on the predictions. Am I? Yeah. Well, it's because I have hope. Right. Because you fucking, I have a lot more hope than you. It's because you support Ireland. That's why it is. All right. Let's get off with the first game next weekend. L'Ecosse et France. Scotland. Yeah. France. Yeah. France goes to Scotland. They do. Might be a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, I'm, this is going to be an interesting game. Both it, these yeah. games. Yeah. That's a good game. 
Ah, uh, might be the game of the weekend, actually. You think so? Yeah, because I'm going to be a sweaty mess for England Wales hiding behind a pillow. Oh yeah, Ireland Italy foregone conclusion, and so Scotland France is the game that will be closest and most exciting. I think that's my vibe prediction, but my score slash winner prediction. It's in Scotland, though, isn't it? It is. It's in Murrayfield. So, ooh, I'm going to go. You predict first. Let me think about this a Scotland, second. I think Scotland will win. Okay. <laughs> thank you all. Thank you for being confident. <laughs> I was going to give you some fucking time uh, some to think. insight. Yeah, you were like, okay, I'll, get, had that one in I'll the let chamber. Stephen talk about the game where I think of something really yeah. good to say and yeah, really yeah, yeah. make something my decision good. I'm like, Scotland's going to win. Fucking hell. Just had the fucking, fucking gun cocked to my head. Like, no, fuck you. Scotland, back to you, Frank. Shit. <laughs> what were you going to say? Uh, I might just jump on the Scotland wagon so we both you fall can't together. Just carry off my back. You Why just not? Hold on to me. <laughs> Help me, Stephen. I'm lost. You got to learn um, to swim. Let me tell you what I'm thinking. Here's the thought process France have better depth and overall better quality, but their injuries, missing DuPont, being away from home means that. I'm going to go. No, I genuinely am going to go Scotland. I think they'll have learned their lessons from that game mm -hmm. and they've got a more settled squad. Yeah. Not a more settled squad. They've got a better attack backline and they haven't got the injuries that are going to hamper them like France will. This is going to be, I'm going to go, go Scotland. Scotland, and yeah. then I'm going to call France to go France and fire Galtier after. <laughs> like if he loses this game, like they, they don't have patience for for coaches. I think he's got, I think he's one of the first French coaches that's got a bit of cash in the bank, but you're right. They are brutal, aren't they? Yeah. Like, yeah, you sneeze wrong and you're fired. Yeah. You, you know what I saw? The, like a post-match interview with Sean Edwards. He looked kind of haggard. Like he like after that game, like Sean Edwards prides himself on oh, not giving up points. Oh, he was probably fucking raging in yeah, that game. You can imagine, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was probably so pissed. Yeah, he's probably kicking the shit out of him right now on a training field. Maybe a tight game, be a close game. I think so. It'll be close. And I think Scotland are going to edge it. Oh, I hate putting faith in Scotland. But they did it in Wales. They did it in Cardiff. I'm so. slowly starting to believe in them more. They've earned a little, they've earned a tiny ray of light mm. of belief. So I'm going to go Scotland because of the aforementioned that reasons. tiny little, you know, rugby yeah. union. They looked at Wales and like, okay, we don't want to be like that. Let's just do everything they're not doing. And they're doing great. So you know what? We had a moral victory. <laughs> we won the moral victory. You know what? That I'm Very quickly. Remember that game in the World Cup, South Africa Island, where South Africa lost and I said, South Africa learned more than Ireland did. It was actually more valuable for them in the long run. That's how I feel about that Wales-Scotland game. It's like, this is going to serve us in the long run. Like, whereas Scotland, what did you learn? You were shit for a half. Mm -hmm. But we were shit for a half. Anyway, sorry, back to real talk. Scotland-France, I'm going Scotland. Yeah, I don't know if they're... I don't know, like, man, they fucking... The French look tired. Mm. I don't know if they're, they're going to be able to freshen up. In time. Their confidence is down. Mm. You know? So, yeah, I'm going to go Scotland. I would say they have the second best backline after Scotland as well. You know, like Penno, Ramos. Mm -mm. There's some really no. good backline players. Wrong. I didn't no. say the best. I said the second best. Who's the best? Scotland. Yeah, and then Ireland's. No. And I'm, then uh, France's. No. I mean, Ireland have a good backline. Their backline's great. It's not like exciting Solid. champagne rugby, though, is it? That's not their style. No, Let's but they're real. not even... France not even playing fucking champagne rugby. They're playing fucking box wine rugby. <laughs> <laughs> but they can. You know? They can. They're playing the fucking cooler or the, the bottle of liquor you get at a fucking gas station. Put it this way. Who would you rather have? 
James Lowe or Van der Merwe? The easy choice for me. As good as James Lowe was. Uh, like, I want no, that exciting... No, James Lowe does a lot more than Van der Merwe, though. I want my Dolph Lundgren 100-meter sprinter guy on He's the got field. more tools. He's got more tools in the toolbox. Oh, that's such a... Oh, yeah, he's very technically good. Shut up. I want exciting rugby. Yeah. I want Van der Merwe destroying uh, people. I, I, I like I like Van der Merwe. I think as, like, a when they do winger things... Yeah. That's like, what I want. That's when what they want. get the ball in hand and stuff, yeah. like he's better. Yeah. But James Lowe is not that far behind, and he does a lot more on the field. Don't care. I want that. I, I would want, take that. I want Blair Kinghorn sounding his Kinghorn and run <laughs> dancing <laughs> through people. Let's <laughs> go, man, for Scotland. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. And then what the fuck are we talking about? Right. Yeah. England, Wales. England, Wales. Mm. My head says England, my heart says Wales. So I'm going Wales. Oh, you're gonna go with Wales. I think we'll lose, but I'm gonna predict. No, you gotta Wales make you gotta make you gotta make the like a solid decision. That you can't do this fifty-fifty decision. I told you Wales. You're like Wales, but they're probably gonna lose. <laughs> All right, Wales, because they're gonna I, win. Why are they gonna win? Why are they gonna win? Yeah, why are they gonna win? Why do you think they're gonna win? My Frank? porn star eight is just gonna greasy mustache his way through an inexperienced England backline. Dirty Sanchez's way to the victory yeah. line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just runs on the field with a can of Stella, throws it in someone's face, picks up that ball. You know, like, I'm trying to be logical, right? England have the tools to beat us. They're playing at home. Um, they have an exciting team. It's better established. The, all, the, all the logical reasons would say England, but based on that second half performance in Cardiff, Wales can win, and I'm Welsh, so I'm saying Wales. Oh, that's so nice. Shut up. I'm going to say up. Wales are going to win this too. Yeah, but okay. I'm going to say because of two things. Because of the confidence that they gained from the last game, okay. they're going to be riding forward with that. Yeah. They're on a high right now. Yeah. Even though they lost, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. They're hungry. And they're going to Twickenham. Mm -hmm. They want this game. This is the game we play, isn't this it? This is the only game that Wales care about yeah, anyways. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, like, they are going to be up for it. And I think that we... And um, England, sorry, yeah. but no, England, okay. like, are not... I just don't feel like they, they feel like their backs are against the wall yet. There's not enough pressure on them. There's not enough pressure on them. Mm. And I think they, they think, I think they think mm. that they're in a good spot. Like, like <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing good. Don't worry about it. Like, we're doing the right things. We're going, yeah. don't worry about it. We're good. Don't worry. We're fine. Right. That is an English problem, I feel, is when they, you see the post-match interviews and they scrape by Italy. They've done this so many times. Like, the captain and, and Borthwick and the manager will always be like, shut up, that was a good game. We played well. Shut up, stop slagging us off. We we beat Italy fair and square. It's like, we know you did, but you can do a lot better. Yeah, they the, they kind of delude themselves sometimes. Yeah, the passion, just the passion alone, mm. I'm going, yeah, I got to go with Wales. There's just too much uh, passion. Mm. That's the word. Just going to beat them with our throbbing passions. Yeah. If I dig into my toolbox of uh, yeah. my 13 word vocabulary, <laughs> passion, passion is, is, is going to win no, this game. You're not wrong though. And yeah. I think if we start the right people this time, I would start Elliot D. I would start Johan Lloyd at 10, honestly. I know mm -hmm. he's like a tiny child, but I would. Um, and I, I, I might even jo drop Josh Adams. I might even start. I, that's exactly the kind of thing Gatlin would oh, do. I wouldn't. He'd, Gatlin likes punishing people when they do stupid things. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Change no, but Rio Dyer, Mason Grady, like they're good wingers. Mm. Do you know what will crush me though? Is if Boso the, the Judas Boso scores. Oh, oh couldn't handle. I really it, hope that happens. Oh, I, I need to see it. that. Oh, I couldn't handle oh, it. Oh, I really hope that happens. They're gonna start him. They're gonna start oh, him don't. just to fuck with you. Uh, no, they probably will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they probably will. Just a grind. But I think that would galvanize actual. It wouldn't galvanize me because I'm a sensitive armchair fan. But you know, I think the players who are playing against him 
that would fire them up and you don't want the welsh fired up so i would actually not start him so that it's more like don't give him a reason to fucking oh, no, come to town start you know? him just to, just to fuck with you guys that's not you don't want to prod the dragon you know yeah. like so yeah i really and if they don't uh and I don't know, like it's like they, um, England's got that new, like they're working on that new defense too. The, the super blitz. So, the super blitz. The, the hyper blitz. <laughs> so the ultra blitz. What the fuck is that? And uh, so I don't know if that's going to be ready yet, if it's fully cooked. <laughs> Still, you know, in Zoolander where he's like working on Magnum for years, yeah. like, it's not ready yet. It's going to whip it out one day, the super blitz. It's just blitz. It's the same. Bring out the hyper blitz. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, um, yeah, if they're, if they, pull their shit together they can win this of but course they can i just don't yeah. think they're gonna pull their shit together yet they haven't got enough passione no okay. they're they're still playing box wine yeah. rugby too but so. I'm, go I'm going wales I'm yeah going i'm going wales. wales too let's go yeah i All have right. i have faith you have the you're the worst person for hyping me up like i, I believe it now i hate believing it i'm yeah. just squidge rugby don't give you. me hope don't <laughs> gaslight me <laughs> it's when you get the squidge oh, no. you just got squidged oh, i believe <laughs> i believe it's why do i believe now all right, uh, and the last game of the weekend. Well, it's definitely a team starting with I. Yeah. Yeah, probably one of those guys. It's double I. I. Ireland, man. Ireland, Italy. Not even close. I think, yeah, Ireland are going to win this, this game. This is a training run. Yeah, what I, but I think it's like... Um, Do you think they'll start the training panelists? Give old uh, Prendergast to go? See, this, yeah, this is the only thing I can hope from this game. And Ireland win this game. Oh, yeah. The only thing I can hope for is that Andy Farrell uh, experiments a little bit in this game. That's what I'm saying. Try the training panelists. Give them a shout. Uh, he's not going to. No, he's not. He's going to probably. He might. He might give Harry Byrne a little go. He's uh, injured. Oh, he's injured, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, he I might. wouldn't start. I don't know if you'd start Jack Crowley. Like you maybe want to keep his momentum going. Yeah. Or do you want to give him a break and put Frawley? No, in? I think I think ten is the position they have to stick with to give him as much game time as possible. I think I think Crowley starts. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I really want them to put. I really want them to give Frawley uh, a shot, though, at ten. But this isn't the like. I know you but would do he's that. On in the, such a yeah, you don't want to like. This um, is not the year. Give you don't Crowley want to fuck up the momentum that right. Jack Crowley has. He needs either. to build confidence in that position. I would start Finley Beelham because I think the props they probably will need to rotate a bit. Um, I would start James Ryan. Jack McCarthy played so well that you'd probably start him. So I'd probably have James Ryan McCarthy to rotate that a little tiny bit. Um, in the back row, obviously, when you captain Marnie. Um, did they take? Did they take Jack Conan? I think they did, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Probably he give Jack, Jack Conan a spin. At Maybe starting start him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, start, yeah, start him. him. Um, I'm, I'm going through the whole bloody team now. I don't think you do much. I think else. you start Calvin Nash again. What was wrong with Ringrose as well? He is he injured? Yeah, he took an injury. Oh, okay. A, he took a practice so injury. Okay. So. I don't know. I they got. Uh, I Actually, think isn't McClowski in the team? Um, I think so. It was it was Ringrose, Aki, Tenshaw, and, and McClowski. Yeah, McClowski. And fullback. I don't think there is another fullback. You know, maybe Jordan Lama, but like. Um, yeah, because he hasn't played yet. Hugo Keenan's amazing, isn't he? Like, I don't know why he'd bother with anyone else at this I, stage. I just, I think you have to start like since he's he's starting to actually you know get up there. He's world class. Let, him, let want, him play. I, do you want to let him play? Well, I, I kind of want to protect him a little bit. He's so consistent. You don't oh, have to keep him. Point. You don't have to keep him going every single fucking game. And it's different from ten because he's already established enough that you can give him a break. Yeah, and give, let him, else give play. him a break. Put Jordan Larmer in yeah, there. Yeah, give Jordan Larmer yeah, a go then. Yeah, put him in the yeah. in the full back position. Yeah, you know, yeah, just 
switch some things up a little bit. I, I want to see some switch ups. Uh, this is a, you know, and then uh, this is a good test for Italy to see where they're at. They're, they're going to get hammered. They're going to get hammered. They're going to they're going to lose this game. But try and stay in the fight would be my goal if I was Italian, right? Yeah. Don't just capitulate. Minute, like, even if you're losing, shift. look like you look like you're trying your best at eighty minutes, right? Yeah. You know, they're they've got some weapons though. Like Ayoani, he can uh, he can he can score pretty much any time. You know. They got a they got a few good guys in that team. They do, they do. So it's just yeah, the the world class that was missing. It is, and and you know they do just they shy away from contact a bit after a certain amount of time as well, and it shows. And Ireland uh, physical, you know, it's cliche, but they're physical, right? They're so, not afraid. Everyone's like no, yeah. every single one of them, even their backs, like they like yeah. a they like a scrap, don't they? So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I don't know what to say about Italy this stage. Like, I just you know, just try. You've got to work on. Being fit and in the game and passionate for eighty minutes. This is why we need South Africa and the Six Nations. Now, if anyone's it's Georgia. Georgia's next. And Georgia. Yeah, you do. You just want another Italy in there for someone for Italy to beat. But Georgia, (laughs) yeah, Georgia could beat Italy. We we need to give someone else a try to see if they can develop. We've given Italy like ten, twenty years, whatever it is, to develop, and they haven't. So let's give Georgia a spin. I would. I put the box in. Portugal. Stop talking about the fucking spring box. They're not in the Six Nations. Put the box Stop in. Stop trying to make the spring box a thing. Imagine how violent the Six oh, Nations. It would just ruin it. It would just ruin everything. The fucking box holding up the Six Nations oh, trophy. Oh, gross. Go away. <laughs> Disgusting. I like the spring box. I just don't want them in the Six Nations. The All Blacks would be so fucked. That would be actually it'd be worth it for that, wouldn't it? Just, yeah. Yeah. They'd be like, "Oh, you guys are going." Who's gonna play us week on week? That's for Australian. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Who are you gonna play against? They would be so fucked. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it would be so. The tournament would be like just every single team is a heavy hitter. Yeah, because you kind of you kind of have your off week with Italy, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, like, that's your that's your, like oh, okay, fuck. Yeah. We have Italy. We can take it easy. Well, it's not for Wales. <laughs> yeah, you got to take every game seriously. Yeah, they got that. They got they will beat Italy. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's uh. That is the games. I can't see South Africa ever lead in the rugby championship. I want the rugby championship to be good, you know. And I, now Australia have got Joe Schmidt. In it charge. would kill. It would kill the kill Southern champion. Hemisphere rugby. It would. It would if they if they came up. Yeah. It would just. It would just like yeah. It would really hurt the rugby championship. Yeah, it would suck. That's a a relationship that should have never soured. Hmm. That South Africa Super Rugby bullshit. They yeah. really should have like catered to them hard. Yeah, it does seem like, and I will probably sound like a twat to a Kiwi, but it does seem like New Zealand wanted it all their own way, and then South Africa were like, well, no then, Mm -hmm. going. I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong, I have no idea, but... I have no idea. Yeah, you know what, I wish I hadn't said that, I'm going to upset our listener, so if if he's... Oh, I'll upset Phil. Sorry, Phil. Well, I think um, we covered everything. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we covered everything. We got into it. Yeah, we did. Yes. Talked a lot longer about things that I didn't think we were going to talk a lot about. We made the ref documentary. We were too bantery. We should have been more like serious. Yeah, you think so? I feel bad. Well, if you guys have any questions for us or uh, you want to talk more about the whistleblowers documentary. <laughs> yeah, we've got thoughts. <laughs> you can email us at thefriendsofrugbypod at gmail.com. Yes. All right. Have a good day, friends. Farewell. Hey, bye.